I really knew that I needed to take a step back instead of a step in. Um, you know, sometimes you come to an organization and you need to jump in immediately and, and correct and fix things. And in this case, my primary objective in the first 100 days was to spend as much time as I could really absorbing information, meeting with stakeholders, meeting with community groups, meeting with my peers in public safety and healthcare, um, meeting with my executive team, and most importantly, really meeting with the frontline staff and, and trying to get a better understanding of what's going on in the, in the community. This episode of EMS One Stop is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Hello and welcome back to another EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence. And six months ago, I wrote an article for EMS One where I observed on the very, very public selection process for the chief of Austin Travis County EMS in Texas. And I commented that this was something that's highly unusual because you don't normally see these things. They normally happen behind closed doors. You don't get to see the candidates live and uh, talking to uh, their interviewers. But in a very bold, very brave, and I think very forward-thinking process, Austin Travis County did that. And we got to see both candidates. We got to hear them. Actually, we didn't only get to see both candidates. We got to see the long list. We got to see the short list. And we got to hear those candidates being interviewed. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Wrote an article about it. And I'm delighted to say that uh, my old friend Rob Luckritz was the successful candidate. And he's now 100 days into the job as the chief. And it's a big job. And so I thought I'd invite him back to say, welcome, Rob Luckritz. And you made it past 100 days. Welcome. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, it's been quite a ride, but uh, I'm excited to have joined the department and starting to do some really great things. What I want to do, of course, is that as a chief in a big city service, of course, and I remember, and the reason I think about the, asking you back on 100 days is because the, so the you big chiefs come in with 100-day plans. We'll get into that and we'll talk to you about it. And thank you for you know interrupting your busy schedule to talk to me. But I know you must be a busy guy in the system you're running. However, I got you, so I'm not going to let you go until you've answered all my questions. Just to start us off, Rob, can you describe you know the scope of your service? And of course, what I think is really, really cool is you have an equal role with both the police and the fire chief there. So give me a job description, Rob. Sure. So Austin Travis County EMS is uh, one of the largest uh, municipal EMS services in the country. Um, we serve about 1.4 million residents over a thousand square miles, including the city of Austin and surrounding Travis County. We have about uh, 665 sworn uh, EMS providers, as well as about 150 civilians and answer about 150,000 calls per year. Uh, it's pretty amazing service. It's a service that's been around for about 50 years. And the most exciting thing for me is the way that the city views EMS, the way the community views EMS as a true uh, peer to our other public safety and our other healthcare entities within the city. The city truly values EMS as an important part of the uh, community. And I think that the process that I went through is really testament to that. As I went through the process, I had to interview with a number of different interviews in the community, in the city, in the county, um, and really talk about how it is that we were going to take EMS to the next level within the city. You've kind of started to answer my next question, but uh, I think it was exceptionally bold of them to have an open process. And I think it was exceptionally brave of people to put themselves up for 
you know, scrutiny because it was live broadcast. I sat there and, and watched, you know, you and uh, your competitors live on stage, not only to Zoom, but also to the people in the room. So, you know, how did you feel to be under such public scrutiny? It was definitely a very intense process. But I'll tell you that, again, um, it was a testament to the community and what their value of EMS was. And as I went through that process, it made me realize that this was the type of organization that I wanted to work for, an organization that would put the EMS chief through the same scrutiny as the police chief, as the fire chief, and as other uh, significant individuals within the, the city government. And I've had that response since I've gotten there, and it's really been a powerful response. As I, as I sit with the community, even as someone who's relatively new from the outside, they value my opinion. Uh, they value the opinion of EMS as a whole, and they really put us as part of every significant decision in the community. They ask all of the stakeholders and they consistently keep EMS at the forefront of how is the decisions that the city going to make going to impact those EMS providers? And how can EMS be a resource to the city to implement whatever policy that the community wants to implement, whether it's directly related to pre-hospital care or it's related to something else? I'll give you a prime example. Uh, I just had a conversation not that long ago with uh, with my boss, the assistant city manager for public safety, talking about some behavioral health issues with within the community. Uh, and he asked directly, how can EMS take a bigger role in this process and help to coordinate how we reach out to individuals in the community that are experiencing mental health crises and, and even mental health case management? And that's not something I think that many other communities from a executive level city government would say to themselves, I know who can do this. EMS can do this. So often instead, we're sitting there kind of banging on the door saying, we can do this, we can do this. And it's a pretty amazing place to be working in a city where they reach out proactively to say, we think this fits in your bucket, even though it's not the exact definition of EMS. I think uh, if this podcast only lasted the six minutes that we've been on so far, people would have already heard enough to go back to their own cities and go, hey, this is what we need to be doing. However, we're going to carry on. Thank you for that Great answer. So you got the job. Congratulations. Well done. And uh, so you've been in 100 days. You're the new kid on the block. You weren't one of those time-served, you know, wizened veterans that was waiting to fill the next, you know, set of shoes up the ladder. You're the new kid. You might have even been perceived, I'm going to be honest, Rob, you may have even been perceived as jumping over the heads of others. But how have you been received? Everyone that I've experienced, everyone that I've interacted with since I got there have been absolutely amazing. From the folks that I'm working for in city government, from members of the council and the county commissioners, um, my peers, the police chief and the fire chief have been absolutely amazing, reaching out to me on a regular basis, meeting with me to, to help me through the process as I learn um, some of the governmental functions that I didn't have as much experience in. Um, and even the staff that, that I'm, I'm working with, my executive staff and the frontline staff have been so welcoming to me. And, and in one part, I, I want to say that it's the, the Southern hospitality of Texas, but I, I truly think it's it's a testament to the culture of the community that I'm working in. There have been so many great things that have been done at Austin Travis County EMS over the years. But I think that many in the in the community are, are excited to see an outside perspective. I've said this to those that, that work for me. And Everyone's very excited about the great things that we do in Austin-Travis County, but as a career department, most of the folks at Austin-Travis County EMS haven't worked anywhere but Austin-Travis County EMS. And I think that sometimes all of us can get stuck in a little bit of a rut where we know what we know, and we don't know what's outside of what we know. And I think that coming from the outside and reinforcing to them that although, like any EMS agency, we have our problems, we have our struggles, we have the things that we could just do a lot better. Sharing with them that my perspective is that the things that they've done so far really make it one of the greatest EMS systems in the country. And I watch their faces and they I think it's a validating to them that maybe it's not 
as much of a struggle as we would otherwise think. Rest assured, Rob, I'm not stalking you, but I did listen to your inauguration speech uh, when you were sworn in, and you said very much the same thing there. And we had a conversation about a month ago, and you know, you just took me back to when I arrived in Richmond. And you know, I said to them, listen, guys, this is world-class EMS. And their response was, well, how do you know? No, it doesn't. And I said, listen, I've watched you from afar. I've seen things happen around the rest of the world. And this is, this is very, very special. And that's uh, certainly what you've seen as well. But you know, around the EMS world, there are some really cool, amazing, world-class systems. Obviously, yours is one of them. And there's been some turnover of a number of uh, chiefs in some of these really cool systems. Uh, um, uh, Medic in Charlotte, of course, uh, JP's just moved in there. Um, Greg Thompson moved into MEMS in Little Rock, really high-performance EMS systems. So we've got some, some you know, new, younger kids on the block. But in order to get to where you just got to, Rob, you know, for those that are listening, how would you, what would you say to aspiring people who want to get the top cool job like yours, or they want to prepare themselves and their career to be ready for when that advert comes along? What's your advice? What's the career path? What's the courses, the classes, the education, the aspirations? Tell us what they have to do to get to where you've just gotten to. I think as I look back at my career, I have people that ask me that. And I think that the number one thing that I always try to tell folks to do is just to be genuine um, and be honest. As I've worked through my career and, and I've taken different roles, I've been a hospital executive, I've been an attorney and I've been in different places. I often walk into those rooms in my career and I see those individuals and it's very intimidating. And I see folks that from my perspective as a young EMS provider are wildly successful and perhaps I'm intimidated. I can't be there. And as I've worked with those individuals, I've realized that we all get dressed the same way every day. And we all have the same stories about how our weekends went and everything else. And it was a confidence booster for me to say, I can stand alongside these individuals and have those conversations. But that only works if you have alongside of it a sense of genuineness and a sense of humility. Because once you do get in that chair, you need to be real to the folks that you came from and you need to be true to your roots. And I think that that, that is sensed at the frontline level and it's sensed at those that you work for. And I think that's for me is being able to speak both those languages, being honest when you make a mistake and not pretending to be what you're not. Um, and that has always been my, my philosophy. And that's what I always encourage people from an education standpoint, I always, you know, I, I'm a strong proponent of education. And I think in the leadership role, folks should try to seek out higher education. I think it's a, a great piece. Um, and it certainly is you're looking to get a, a large job. This is an important part of what we do. But at the end of the day, I think a list of degrees or a list of um, accomplishments that might be exaggerated on a resume are less important as much as just truly being able to have a frank conversation with those that you're interviewing with, telling them the truth, telling them your experiences, uh, and being honest about what it is that you want to see. Rob, thank you. That was a refreshing answer. And uh, and again, perhaps we need to get a podcast going with uh, Greg, uh, JP, you, and uh, you know, have a, a, a league, a league of the you know the young buck, the young buck CEO chiefs that uh, are in these big systems. I think you've got a lot to actually now pass on to people. Before we go any further, let's hear a message from our sponsor. Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly. Serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities, Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioural health resources, news and analysis, and grant assistance services for law enforcement, 
fire rescue, EMS, local government, and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more, visit lexipol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Welcome back to EMS One Stop. I'm here with Rob Luckritz, the uh, newly minted chief of Austin Travis uh, EMS. And we put this discussion off for a few months, Rob, because I wanted to wait until you'd been 100 days in. Because as I said at the start, chiefs always come in with a 100-day plan. A lot happens in the first 100 days. Coming into this, did you have a plan? Um, did you think about what you're going to have to do you know, in your opening months? So tell us about that. Yeah, I think that my first few months... Um I had to really think about where I was coming from. And to your, your point earlier, I'm coming from the outside. Um, I'm an outsider that doesn't know the ins and outs of the system. Uh, I couple that with the, the sense of the fact that I'm coming into a pretty well-oiled machine, um, an organization that is high-performing. And for that reason, I really knew that I needed to take a step back instead of a step in. Um, you know, Sometimes you come to an organization and you need to jump in immediately and, and correct and fix things. And in this case, my primary objective in the first 100 days was to spend as much time as I could really absorbing information, um, meeting with stakeholders, meeting with community groups, meeting with my peers in public safety and healthcare, um, meeting with my executive team, and most importantly, really meeting with the frontline staff and, and trying to get a better understanding of what's going on in the, in the community. I had to couple that with, with certainly some issues like any other executive walking in. I was in budget season and um, I had a few other things that had come up along the way that we needed to tackle. Um, really kind of firming up some of our, our executive staff and trying to fill some some open seats in the organization. Overall, the biggest thing that I did was really just try to listen. And and as I did that, just start to sketch out a plan of how we can address some of the big issues facing our organizations, which quite frankly are some of the big issues facing every organization in this country. And I think you're right, you know, and having that fresh set of eyes coming in, it's not quite the consultant, but it's the case of now you can observe and observe closely and then almost, you know, I'm going to channel my inner Tegman here, a little bit of PDSAing, a little bit of small test of change. We need to do something different rather than coming in, kicking the door in and, uh, you know, make wholesale changes or wholesale, you know, statements of intent, which I think uh, you, you get top marks for that one, sir. So that was a great answer. And uh, that was cool. You've been there 100 days. We mentioned that. What's impressed you about the service? What are they doing really, really well that you'd like to brag about? It's your chance to talk talk up your people, Rob. One of the things that surprised me the most when I came into Austin Travis County was I've always known that it's been a great service. And I think that um, having been in this industry for 20 plus years, I think back to when I first came in and I heard so much about our organization and the great things that we're doing. Um, and I think like many organizations that are doing great things, at some point they we, we just kind of stopped talking about it. Despite what I knew, as I started to peel back the onion, thinking I might find faults instead, I was mostly finding new cool things that I had no idea um, how progressive and how innovative the things that we were doing. Our community health practitioner program is light years ahead of what I've seen in many organizations. It is a comprehensive case management program that is really one of the leads in the city um, in terms of addressing individuals experiencing homelessness, in terms of addressing mental health response, in terms of addressing opiate uh, use disorder, we have a dedicated team of more than a dozen providers that go out every day that visit camps for persons experiencing homelessness and check on them and help to get them into housing. We hold pop-up resource clinics where 
those individuals can come in and we get them phones and we partner them with uh, the local clinics to get them the care they need to make sure they have all their their vaccinations to provide them whatever other resources. There's more than a dozen organizations that join us there, and that's just one small piece. You know, in addition to following up with individuals who experience uh, overdoses and partnering with a sobering center to get folks into care other than than a jail or a hospital and try to put them on the road to recovery. These are all programs that are spearheaded by EMS. Um, and I, I said it a little bit earlier, but the fact that the city looks at us as the place that we can plug those holes, that we can be a lead agency around addressing uh, homelessness, that we can be a lead agency addressing behavioral health issues, that we have specially trained mental health paramedics that respond to mental health emergencies alongside behavioral health providers. Um, it's truly a great process. And that's just one small piece of what we're doing on the community health side. And I think that that's probably the most amazing thing that I've seen thus far. And that's not even speaking to our special operations or any of the other great things that we're doing. I think one of the things that really, for me, sets our organization apart overall that really kind of sums up everything is we have opportunities that many organizations don't. Uh, if you come to our organization, you're not going to be a paramedic for the rest of your life on the back of an ambulance. You can be if you want to, but we have a paramedics that focus solely on safety. We have paramedics that focus solely on public information. We have paramedics in community health, uh, in special operations, in special events, in homeland security. We have growth opportunities for folks that can spend that time on the ambulance, but when they're ready to get off, there's other opportunities for them in the community. And we have a community that supports that. Again, I, I see this across a lot of systems where you are doing amazing things and in the rest of the industry, the career field, the profession, whatever we're calling ourselves, you need to be shouting very, very loudly and telling people what you're up to because there's best practice to be had. And uh, I certainly call it SPP, right? Shameless product placement. Tell them all about it because I think, you know, people need to come and see what you're up to and where they can. And again, I'm I'm name dropping a lot of people here, my inner Peter Antevi, R&Ding, ripping, ripping off and duplicating, you know, the really good stuff that you're doing. So, if you're listening out there, let's go and R&D some stuff in Austin, Travis County. Right now in this EMS world that we're in, we're in the same boat. We're all in the crap. It's only the depth that varies at the moment. So let's do a little quick fire session. I'm going to throw a word at you and then give me what you're doing and what the industry can do. Are you ready for this? All right, let's do it. Okay, quick fire round. First word, recruiting. I think, you know, as I, as I think about the conversation here, we've talked a lot about some of the great things that, that we're doing here at Austin Travis County EMS. And I would be remiss if I didn't also share to my industry colleagues that we're also experiencing a lot of the same challenges as everyone else. Recruiting is an issue for many, many organizations, and it's an issue for us as well. Uh, as a municipal service, we were like many other municipal services with a line of people that wanted to come in the door. And now, like everyone else, we're struggling to get individuals, and it's caused us to rethink um, how it is that we do recruiting. Our recruiting department used to be a hiring department, and now we need to be out there and we need to be sh sharing our story and telling people what we're doing. We're all challenged in many different ways, and it doesn't matter if you're a small organization, it doesn't matter if you're a nonprofit or for-profit, or if you're in municipal service like us, we need to come together as an industry and really think through some creative ways that we can bring people into the industry and not just bring people into our organization. Retention. I think the key for retention is culture. And for us, it's about to trying to work through leadership development and um, really trying to be employee focused and getting those frontline leaders the tools that they need to be successful and making sure that we're inclusive in the way that we develop our systems, that we get employee input, um, and that we build an organization where people enjoy coming to work 
uh, and make it a place that's, that's the family oriented that those of us that have been in the industry a long time remember. Clinical training. Clinical training is being as, as hands-on as possible. It's uh, looking at new innovation. It's high-fidelity simulation. It's cadaver labs. And it's trying to be creative depending on what the, the scope and the bandwidth of an organization is. Um, but it's it's an important focus for us because, again, that, that's going to be the thing that sets our industry apart is getting people to be so highly trained. Leadership training. I think that there is a little bit of a vacuum right now in our industry when it comes to leadership training. And and we all need to come together um and as an industry and, and figure out what that looks like. The fire service and law enforcement have done a great job. And as a peer, I've even looked at my counterparts in, in fire and law enforcement. And that, it might sound like a, like a dirty plan, but um, to see what do they do and how can I adapt it to what I need to do in my particular service. Well, I'm going to give you kudos there because, of course, sometimes we operate in our own silo and we don't think there's anybody else out of that silo. So, you know, that gets uh, top marks. I, I'm not trying to replicate the uh, public... Um, process you went through before, Rob, but uh, you're doing really well. I'll keep going. Ambulances and shortages, you must have issues. Well, the first thing about ambulance shortages is thinking, do we actually need that many ambulances? And are there other resources that we could send to the call? I'm going to cut in here. Good one. Good one. Go on. As yeah, I, Austin's one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, if not the fastest growing city in the United States. And we've kind of come to the realization that we may not be able to add ambulances as quickly as a traditional population growth model would be. But I can add other vehicles and I can send folks, uh, single responders out. We have a program um, similar to ET3 where we uh, do triage and we send single unit responders to get people uh, to do telehealth, get their medications and just keep them from going to the hospital. And I think that that's going to be the future is a lot more single unit responders and a lot less ambulances. That was a masterful answer. Thank you for, uh, for answering that question. Here's the toughest final question in the quick fire round. Have you met McConaughey yet? Unfortunately not, but we'll see. Uh, I, I, got, I got my time ahead of me, and there's a lot of other great people in the city of Austin that I would love to meet. All right, all right, all right. That was a good answer too, and very good. Thank you for uh, exposing yourself to the quick fire round there. Don't forget, everybody, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other platforms. And if you're enjoying this show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on the platform that you're listening to us on. What are your hopes and plans for the future, Rob, now that you're in the chair? For our organization, I want to continue to see it grow, and I want to continue to be a model for the country. I think we have uh, resources that others may not have the luxury of being exposed to, and I need to be a good steward with those those models. Um, I actually just had this conversation the other night. Um, as one of the largest third-service EMS systems, this is one of the largest EMS systems in the country. It also gives me opportunities like this to talk with folks like you. Um, and I want to be able to, to have those conversations and, and share not only what we're doing as an organization, but use it to talk outside of our industry so that we're not in our echo chamber anymore and use the, the position that I have to tell the story of EMS and tell the story of the great things that, that we're doing and the needs of our frontline providers, whether it's mental health awareness, whether it's um, any of the other many things that we could do to improve our industry. And obviously you're going to be in there for a long, long time. And I hope that we can maybe come back and continue the conversation because as you're learning as a, you know, a newly minted chief of a big system, of course, you've been a chief of systems before, let's acknowledge that. But obviously as, as you're now going through this, this process, hopefully we can follow you and, uh, come back to tap your wisdom as i say that uh, you have a cool system and we want to we want to follow what you're up to rob luckritz is there anything else that uh, i may have forgotten to ask or that you wish to add no i, I just want to thank you and I, I appreciate it. it's an honor to be here and 
Um, really looking forward to the chance to, to chat with you more and talk to you more, not only about what we're doing at Austin Travis County EMS, but uh, what the future of the industry looks like. So thank you. That's good because you very definitely have an opinion. If you want to follow you or keep in touch with you, how do we do that, Rob? Find me on LinkedIn. Um, and you can just look me up by my name. There's not, not no one else with the same name as me. So look me up on LinkedIn and uh, you can see some of the things that I'm, I'm sharing. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, we're both Rob L's on this show. So uh, it's pretty cool. You can follow me, don't forget, over on LinkedIn as well. I'm the Rob Lawrence, not the Rob Luckritz on LinkedIn, but do look us both up. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at UKRobL1. And uh, it's been an amazing conversation, Rob. So thank you again very, very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. That's been EMS One Stop for this week. Uh, that was Rob Luckritz. I've been Rob Lawrence. And until next time, bye for now. Bye.